some reviews. Disney feature length films. Show cartoons. We bought VHS tapes. Every title we could. Disney is our business. Business is good. Welcome to Let's Get Down to Business. <laughs> There's Kevin. There's Stephanie. Oh, was I supposed to introduce myself? Yeah, I'm not going to do it myself. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I never know what you're going to do. Well, neither so. do I. It's usually spur of the moment. Yeah. Normally you like signal to me that you're going to start us off, but you didn't yeah. do that this time. Just trying to keep you on your toes. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> wanted to start off like the Book of Mormon, but you just steamrolled me, I guess. Well, that's a good thing because we don't need any more of that shit. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. Every fucking day. I sing to Kevin one of the amazing songs off the soundtrack uh-huh. of the Book of Mormon. Uh, I prefer his work on Frozen. Every day. <laughs> on Frozen. You don't even know any of the songs off Frozen. I know. <laughs> but you know what you do know? What? The Book of Mormon. Because <laughs> I sing it every day. But you know what we're not watching? The Book of Mormon. You know what we are reviewing? Not- and it's a surprise, you guys? Surprise! Oh, wait. Say it. Yeah. What? <laughs> As I really... What's a surprise? That's premature. <laughs> oh! Because <laughs> uh, you know it ain't me, bruh. <laughs> Our surprise, you may have heard of it. I mean, you might not have. And, they should have heard and maybe, of it. Maybe, like, should we give them background on why we decided to do it this way? Oh, I have, I have it in the slides. Okay, Kevin, you have to follow the slides. Damn it! I have a whole outline. You can't, you can't box me in. Okay, in PowerPoint, bullet by bullet. Well, anyway, you guys, our special this week, and we don't have a short because it is a special, and maybe I just felt like being lazy. I don't know. Is the brave little toaster? You've probably heard of it. And if you haven't, what the fuck? Why are you living under rocks, bro? You're going to watch it now because <laughs> I'm going to tell you all about it. The Brave Little Toaster. Yeah. We have no, it feels weird not having a short. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, though. a little bit about The Brave Little Toaster. It is an American animated musical comedy. Yep. <laughs> musical comedy? It does exist. <laughs> the, the producers, this is a thing. Okay. Is released in 1987, the year I was born. Yeah, so bad year. Kevin. You can probably take that one off. It's based on a 1980 novel called The Brave Little Toaster by Thomas M. Dish. D-I-S-C-H. Dish. Dish. Trish the Dish. It was produced by Hyperion Animation, which also <laughs> created... Rover motherfucking Dangerfield. I got no respect. Rover Dangerfield. I can't believe I've seen that movie. I know. The Adventures of Tom Thumb and Thumbelina, The Proud Family. And Bebe's Kids, Bebe's which is one kids. of the worst Super Nintendo games ever made. It was a video game? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, the other production company is the Kushner Lock Company. Not that Kushner, Not I that don't Kushner. think. Maybe, I don't know. No. <laughs> no. Um, they created or produced Teen Wolf, But I'm a Cheerleader, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and Freeway, which I didn't know was a thing until I was scrolling and Kevin saw the word Freeway. And it goes... No, I saw that movie poster. I was like, that's a fucking great movie. And you're like, what? And I was like, I guess I'll put it in the notes here. Yeah, if you guys have never seen Freeway, um, Kiefer Sutherland plays a like sex offender serial killer. <laughs> I was just he- about to say, young Kiefer Sutherland was very handsome, but... 
Yeah. I don't think he was that young at that point because it was in the mid-90s when that was made. But he picks up a... I'm trying I'm trying to think of it's straight up white trash Reese Witherspoon is what she is. <laughs> she is straight up white trash. And he picks her up and like he is basically trying to kind of court her before he kills her. And what's that? I need to see this movie. Well, the thing is Is it on VHS tape because we have a VCR? <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. And I actually think we saw, I saw it at that thrift store we were at the other day, but I didn't think to pick it up because I thought, why would we watch Freeway on VHS? <laughs> but also, it's got a Little Red Riding Hood theme. Huh. So, like, he is the big bad wolf in, like, the worst way possible. But the thing is, after you, like, you, you only need to watch half of the movie because Kiefer Sutherland, something happens to him at the midway point and it just goes off the rails, like, in a bad way. So like After the that. first half is a great movie. The, the first half is phenomenal. Like the the back and forth between those two characters mm-hmm. specifically is phenomenal. Kiefer Sutherland, like that. The first half of that movie is one of my favorite roles of his. I, I legitimately love it, and I'm not kidding. And I'm I'm not hot taking any of this bullshit. Like it's a it's a very good first very half of the movie. Very interesting. Yes. Speaking of thrift store shopping. I went all over looking for this fucking movie yeah. on VHS tape, and I couldn't find it. And I probably went... <laughs> you almost did. Because I'm on spring break, yeah. right? Spring so, break so forever. Forever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Alien. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was thinking about Selena Look Gomez. at all my shit, okay? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I am on spring break, and I spent a good two days driving around this area, this half of our state, yep. looking for these fucking tapes. Yep. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Probably at least 10 thrift shops or, like, <laughs> record stores. And then I finally, finally, I went to, like, an old computer shop where they rehab computers, yeah. and they had a little VHS section. And I saw Brave Little Toaster, and I snatched it off the shelf, and, and she, I was and so she, excited. She texted me a picture immediately. <laughs> and I was like, so close! Goes to Mars! Brave what little, the fuck is this? Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. <laughs> so we had to concede yeah, and stream it on YouTube. Yes. Um, which there's some issues with that at first. We thought like it was a bad upload because yeah. it was shaky. But from what I've read from the director, um, it's just that way in the VHS and DVD copies. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very odd. There's something wrong with like the, the transfer. Know, yeah. The reel got damaged or something. I don't know. Anyway, back to our notes here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this budget, boys. I don't know if this is real. Yeah. I was going to say. Because on the sidebar in Wikipedia it says the budget is 2.3 million yeah. but then when you're reading about it it says the budget was like 5.8 which is still I was going to say in 1987 when you compare it to any of the other Disney movies cuz what was the last one that we that we reviewed cuz it was about half of what the Black Cauldron was right it was about like 16 to 20 million yeah or it, something along or 14 it at, was 14 the, yeah yep, 14 which is three times this fucking movie's budget I think they wanted the budget to be around 15 or 18 yeah. mil but uh, Disney, who funded part of it, was like, no, you're, we're cutting this. Yeah. You're getting this much, and that's it. Yeah. So we'll get into the notes here. Um, but it is 90 minutes, so an hour and a half long. So why are we doing Brave Little Toaster? This is not a Disney movie. Yeah. 
So you're probably wondering, what the fuck, guys? What is going on here? So here was my line of thinking. Okay. I was researching it on Wikipedia. No, I was researching the last film. Yeah. Or was it Black Cauldron? I think it's Black Cauldron. Because <laughs> Black Cauldron was when they started losing animators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we started talking about Don Bluth. Yeah, we are talking about Don Bluth. And then we kind of went down the rabbit hole of clicking links in Wikipedia. And that ruined our lives. <laughs> and so we came across Brave Little Toaster and how all these people from Disney had left. And they are now working on Brave Little Toaster. Mm-hmm. And Brave Little Toaster also had some talent that would go on to make Pixar, and we just felt like it was too important of a movie to not cover. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And you just wanted to watch it. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be transparent with you guys here. Have you seen this before? Uh, If I have, I feel like I said this. had you? I feel like I said this all the time. If I have, it was a very long time ago, and I don't really remember it that well. I don't think I watched it as a kid. I think I watched it within the past, like, seven years. There are things that I definitely remember, like the Blanket's voice, for sure. Blanky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here are the connections to Disney. Let's play... Six degrees. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) You won't need that many. (laughs) So the director, Jerry Reese, he was a crew member on Fox and the Hound and Tron. This movie was pitched to Disney by John Lasseter. As a CGI film. And we'll get into that in more depth here in a minute. Joe Ranft, R-A-N-F-T. He sadly passed away, but he was the co-writer of the screenplay. Um, He was also a comedian, a writer, and storyboard artist. He'd later go on to become a script supervisor for Pixar. And then Tom Wilhite was the producer. He created the production company. Um, he was also a production manager, that, and he worked on Tron, which was a Disney movie. Yeah. Had just come out. <laughs> we've, we've heard of Tron. Yeah. Tron. I've never seen it. Neither have I. Or the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just know I hate that level in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a color stylist who was a veteran Disney animator. His name was A. Kendall O'Connor. I believed he worked on Snow White. Okay. Uh, Mark Dindall, he would go on to do Emperor's New Groove and Fuck Chicken yeah. Little. Rob Minkoff directed The Lion King. And then there are a lot of animators and ex-Disney employees. So we have John Lasseter, Brad Bird, Glenn Keane, Kirk Wise, and Kevin Lima, some of the bigger names. Um, and then the rights of this movie was eventually purchased by Disney Home Entertainment. So it was released by Disney on TV via the Disney Channel and on VHS TV yeah. Laserdisc. So they helped with distribution, which is also a thing we will get into in a minute. Okay. Let's talk about the production. Production. (laughs) I literally spelled it (laughs) production. Uh, So the right to the novel was actually owned. Like, it was bought by Disney in 1982. Yeah. So they had it first. John Lasseter and Glenn Gein, they had just finished up working on, like, a test film for Where the Wild Things Are. Fuck yes. I don't think it's the actual animation that... We've, yeah, we've that, that ended up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because this one was like a mix of 2D and 3D. Yeah. So Glenn Keane is like really all about animation technology and like the future. Yep. So I'm not surprised that he was doing this. And then Lasseter, <laughs> of course, with computers. Yeah. Um, but Lasseter and then the producer, Tom Wilhite, wanted to do the Brave Little Toaster in this 2D, 3D hybrid. Okay. Like 2D characters, yep. but 3D background. So he pitched this. To Ron Miller at Disney. And the idea was rejected because they were like, that's too much. Like, this technology, it's too much money. Um, but after the meeting, like, moments later, Lasseter was instructed to come to the animation administrator's office. Yeah. And they were like, we're letting you go. What the fuck? Yeah. 
Holy shit. So I don't know if it was like, this guy's just like not on the right track. Yeah. He's way He's out trying there. trying to get us to spend that fucking money. This wouldn't be the first time that John Lasseter was released by Disney. Well, I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Uh-huh. Um, so the development ended up being transferred to Hyperion Pictures. Hyperion was created again by that Thomas Wilhite. Yep. And Willard Carroll, who's another Disney employee. Wilhite had asked Ron Miller to give them the Brave Little Toaster. Okay. And so he did. I don't know why. I don't know what the background for that was, but Ron Miller did give them. Yeah, the project's like, give us a little bit of a cut, you know? Yeah. Well, Disney provided some of the funds to get the project off the ground, but then they had nothing to do with production. Huh. So it's really weird. Like, I, I kind of wonder, like, maybe they that was, like, the distribution rights? Like, we get the rights distribution? Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's or, really or, odd. Or it could just be, like, an investor thing where they're like, we'll throw in some cash on this thing, and if it sucks, we can just say, oh, well, we didn't have anything to do with it. But right. if it blows up, oh, we have fucking put money behind this, we're, we're releasing it yeah um one of the things i noticed in the end credits is there was a lot of overseas animation yeah what i had read i mean they had to keep the budget low but it said uh some of the animation staff had moved to taiwan to work with wang film productions so john reese the director his wife like she went over there as well to teach some of the taiwanese animators just to improve the quality pretty interesting so like the first like the pre-production animation was done here yeah and then for six months they went over to taiwan and they worked with them yeah and then for post-production came back here again so they had to cut costs somehow so they did some of it over there which you'll see a lot of those like not disney films yeah for sure they did overseas so I found this excuse me, I found this quote on Reddit because Jerry Reese did a Ask Me Anything, an yep. AMA. Um so if you want to read that, I think it's interesting to the uh to to the tone of the film, where they okay. what they wanted to do with it. So I'll let you read right, it. So uh Quote, unquote, uh, I think the only reason I was able to make that tone of a movie was because we were off the studio grid. No studio would ever have let us do that. At the time, it was just nuts, including having improv comics from adult comedy clubs doing voices. Now, that aspect happens all the time. And with the progress of films like Up, which dealt with uh, a miscarriage and aging and having a spouse die, yes, there is hope of doing a film with darker layers with the right backing. So he was just talking about there's some stuff in this movie that's pretty dark. Very ahead of its time. Yes. And also with, like he said, with adult comedy actors. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we have Phil. Phil Hartman. Hartman. John Lovitz. Yeah. Yeah. Among other names that I don't really, I'm not familiar with. You know them better than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were from like improv clubs of the time. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Which is funny about... Rover Dangerfield, they're like, this movie was a failure to start. You have Rodney Dangerfield doing a kid's movie? Yeah, yeah. He did Ladybugs. True. That totally holds up. (laughs) Uh, Wasn't my brother who showed that to his kids and they were like, whoa, this is not appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the brave little Little toaster. toaster. Not the brave giant toaster. (laughs) Or the scared little toaster. Specifically, the brave little toaster. Damn right. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify yeah. that. It seemed very confusing. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay, so we have no trailers or previews because we're watching this on YouTube. It starts off with this kind of eerie atmosphere. Yeah. It's all kind of blues and dark, and you're zooming in on a cabin. Yep. Like a cottage in yeah, the Yeah, and woods. it's like nighttime or dusk. Mm-hmm. And, and 
That logo, by the way, is fucking awesome. The brand little toaster. Logo? Yeah, just well, the screen when when they actually flash the logo up. Oh, and just uh, it's it's very dark. It's very reminiscent of that poster we saw for Brave Little Toaster, yes. which we need to buy. Yes. <laughs> Because it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, so do, we, do you know where your appliances are at at 10 p.m.? <laughs> That's awesome. So we start off with this eerie atmosphere. We have the title, and then we have this alarm clock going off inside of this cabin, and the alarm clock kind of speaks through radio announcements yeah. and music. And as the alarm clock jumps around, we realize he can move. He's alive. And it kind of introduces us to a lamp and a blanket, like a, what do you call it? Electric blanket? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's an air conditioner, a vacuum, and a toaster. Uh, the late- brave and also small. <laughs> little. Not small. Mm-hmm. He's little. So the lamp reminded me a lot of Luxo. Do you know who Luxo is? Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's the logo for Pixar. Yep. Well, Luxo Jr. is. Yeah. So he reminded me a lot of that. Um... At one point, they call the toaster slots. Yeah. So I think it was the alarm clock. He's like, hey, slots. Yeah. And I was like, what did he say? Because <laughs> he said it pretty fast. Yeah. Basically, what these appliances do every day is they do chores. Yeah. And they keep the, the cabin clean. Yeah. Because someday. The master is going to come master back. The master will. Yeah. Because they're gone. It's a cottage. You don't come back all the time. Mm-hmm. So they're left alone part of the year. But they say at one point that they've been alone for 2,000 days. Yeah. That's like... It's over five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a while. And where does all this dust keep coming from that they're cleaning if nobody lives there? Well, that shit just kind of happens, babe. You know how nature works? <laughs> Damn, nature. Okay. Um, so they're going to do their chores today, and we have a little Richie song playing on the radio. Little Richie? Yeah. A little Richie? Little, little Richard? Little, I thought it was Little Richie. Is it Little Richard? I thought it was Little Richard. Tutti Fruity? I think so, yeah. Oh. Either way. Anyway. Um. So yeah, they're all working and cleaning up the house until the blanket, a.k.a. Blanky, just, he just like freezes. Yeah. And everyone's like, the blanket. And I'm like, what's going on? And then they all go, shh, there's a car. So they all help Blanky make it up into the attic so he can see what the car is yeah. that's coming by. Through the gable vent. And is it the master? <laughs> At first. So they're, they're apparently just waiting for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a master and commander, babe. What? That would be Russell Crowe. Philip Seymour Hoffman was from the Paul Thomas Anderson movie that was a very thinly veiled Scientology yeah, that movie sucked. I mean, you might think that, but Joaquin Phoenix is amazing, and so is PSH. God rest his soul. Who was the female lead in that movie? Oh, God. I cannot remember. <laughs> it wasn't your homely girl, was it? No, it's not Elizabeth Moss. That is fucked up, babe. <laughs> Seriously? We like to refer to Elizabeth Moss as, I know, no, as homely. I, I don't. Because, you do. Because it really pisses Kevin off. <laughs> like us and me and his friends. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. Just they like- do the same thing with fucking Carrie Mulligan. You guys can fuck yourselves. That was Michelle Williams. No! Who the fuck would say that about Michelle Williams? It's Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan? Yeah. I was like, whoever has the pixie cut. Yes. Yeah. Carrie so, Mulligan. So homely. Looks like a dude. He doesn't kiss my ass. <laughs> oh, it makes you so mad. Yeah. I love it. No, Elizabeth Moss is not homely. She's an amazing actress. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Anyway... So, Blanky... I'm saying that before the fucking Handmaid's Tale, so get the sh- get out of here with that shit. 
So, like, <laughs> Mad Men, which she was already a hit on? <laughs> anyway, um, Blanky thinks he sees the master's car, and he's just kind of floating in the air, but really he's just daydreaming yeah. and having a vision. It's not him. So, Blanky, for whatever reason, throws a fit. I mean, he's like a kid. Yeah, he's he, voiced by he, a kid. He is a kid, yes. He is a, what did someone say, an insecurity blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yep. Um, he has a photo of the master and it breaks and he just starts wailing. Yeah. At this point, the, there's an air condition unit and he's like, pretty much just knock it off. Yeah. Like you guys think master's coming back and we've been abandoned. And... <laughs> He gets into this like argument with the Kirby vacuum. <laughs> no, the va- no, the va- the vacuum named Kirby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the vacuum named Kirby. To which air conditioner says, "What are you gonna do? Suck me to death?" <laughs> and I laughed and laughed but, over that. But you have like you have to you have to imagine it right because number one, it's a hilarious line. But also, this <laughs> air conditioner is voiced by Phil Hartman doing a Jack Nicholson impression. Yes. <laughs> Um, so he just, this air conditioning unit hates all the other guys, and he just goes on and on about how you have a combined wattage of five, and they're like, you're just jealous because Master never played with you, he never touched your buttons, and, uh, you're basically stuck to a wall, and this is when the air conditioning unit has a fucking meltdown, like a literal mental breakdown. So... It's back to that stupid static again. You think I don't know what's going on here? I know what goes on in this cottage. It's a conspiracy, and every one of you low watts is in on it. Just because you can move around, you think you're better than I am. I'm not an invalid. I was designed to stick in a wall. I like being stuck in this stupid wall. I can't help it if the kid was too short to reach my dials. It's my function! (laughs) And then he explodes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he gets all red sparks start flying out of his mouth and shit like that and he fucking dies and they all just kind of walk away like meh <laughs> and then they go back to plotting or and whatever. he's just in the window fucking dead yeah pretty much <laughs> so they get excited because they hear another car and they're like seriously again but this time it is somebody yeah it's a real estate agent putting a for sale sign on the cottage and uh, that's when things get serious. And Toaster literally gets on a soapbox. <laughs> and- <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why that's so funny to me. It's great. Yeah. And he's like, we need to go find the master. So they all agree they're going to go find the master, even though the AC unit just had a fucking mental breakdown and it's sitting in the background. <laughs> they need some legs. Because if they leave the house they can't plug in yeah so they need something so they try to like put a fridge refrigerator uh refrigerator i guess we say that weird yes. here yes yeah. refrigerator. refrigerator on a skateboard and it doesn't work and i was like how come these appliances are alive but the refrigerator is not this is how it works sometimes baby like the ac unit is alive yeah. well he was alive <laughs> but the refrigerator is not i don't know weird i, I can't tell you Anyway, the solution to their problem is that there is an old battery, like a car battery, and if they tie it to... It's like an office chair. Yeah, a a computer chair, computer desk chair, and then they tie that up with Kirby the Vacuum's cord, he can pull them if he's attached to the battery, because it's his power source. 
And off we go. Yeah. It's <laughs> that easy. Yeah. And he some makes... Some MacGyver shit from some appliances. He Kirby makes a comment about the grass being shag carpeting, and they make a comment about the sun being the big lamp, <laughs> and there's just a lot of car antics, like, are we there yet? <laughs> and they argue, like, I will pull this car around, that yeah. kind of stuff. So, and there's a song, because yeah. it's a musical. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> song. Yeah. So there's a song. And then uh, they end up, I just put, uh-oh, we're in the weeds now. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there is a point where the vacuum goes behind a tree. Yeah. And then the toaster or someone, like, covers the blanket's eyes or, like, yeah. makes him look away. And I looked at you because I was like, what? And there's a dust cloud. I was like, what just happened? He emptied his fucking bag. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think happened? He's taking a dump. Oh, it's so awesome. That was great. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, so they end up in this kind of, like, weedy, thorny part of the yeah. forest. But it is nighttime, and they need to sleep. So they all just kind of pick a spot in this clearing, in these thorns. And Blanket wants to snuggle with everyone, and everyone's pretty much like, fuck off, Blanket. Right. <laughs> so, which, you know, maybe that's what he was for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next morning, they reach a flowery, flower, flowery field with a pond. And frogs and squirrels. <laughs> and it's really odd. Yeah. It's a little surreal. Yeah. Um, some mice are playing with Blanket. Blanket. <laughs> Ride the train. Um, and so they're all just kind of being badgered by these woodland creatures. Yeah, pretty much. Except there's a part where Toaster, like everyone's kind of making faces in Toaster because he reflects, she reflects, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, there's, that's a whole controversy right there. Um, toaster reflects their faces. Obviously, he's shiny. And at one point, there is a yellow flower. And the yellow flower sees its reflection in Toaster. Uh-huh. And the Toaster's like, I'm not a flower. Like, no, no. Like, I gotta go. Sorry. And then the flower, like, is so sad it wilts. Yeah. So... There's a lot going on with that. <laughs> I emotionally cannot unpack it. So we're going to move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so it was a yellow flower. Blanket is yellow. Just keep that in mind. Um, What are you doing? Stop messing with my notes. Kevin's messing with my PowerPoint. You guys, I have a very strict PowerPoint policy where these notes are organized in a specific manner. Okay. So, Blanky is yellow. The flower was yellow. <laughs> Some people think that it was... Toaster, like that made Toaster sad. That yeah. He like caused the demise of this flower and Blanky is yellow. So now it's like association. Yep. Whatever. Anyway. So these mice are pulling Blanket into their hole and like trying to chew on them. <laughs> like mice do. Yeah. So Toaster has to go save Blanky and they also took the master's photo and they're chewing on it. So they have to save that. Um, so they leave all these animals behind and they enter some even scarier woods. But their battery is getting low, and they need that to move around. Yep. Well, a thunderstorm is coming, and they're trying to find a place to stay, and everything is spooky. But Blanky, having had been saved by Toaster earlier, was like, here, I'll make myself a tent. And what a nice guy. Yeah. Or a nice child. Yeah. So that was very nice. And then Radio's like, what's the deal? Or no, Lampy was like, what's the deal with you and Toaster? <laughs> and Blanket and Toaster. Yeah. Um... 
Because everybody hates Blanky for whatever reason. Because he's whiny. Yeah. Or because he's a kid. Yeah. Well, and it was because of the fact that, like, Toaster saw the flower die, and he associated that with Blanket because Blanket is yellow. And then he saved Blanket from the mice, and now Blanket's like, you can use me as a tent. Right. So now, like, Blanket and Toaster are, like, really good friends. So Toaster has this dream during this night where there's he's burning toast, and there's smoke, and then suddenly there's a clown, and then the clown is trying to stick a fork in him. This is a, hor- a horrifying clown. Yeah, he's trying to stick a fork in him, and then there's a wave of forks, and then he's hanging over a bathtub. Well, it's a wave of forks, and it's water, so it's it's twofold, like water and also a fork trying to get inside a toaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is when the thunderstorm starts, and Lampy charges the battery by sacrificing himself. Battery is now charged. And his light bulb is pretty much broken. Oh, it's busted. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> It fries him. Um, and because of the storm, Blinky ended up in a tree. Um, and Vacuum kind of throws his cord up to the tree and uses it as a pulley. Yeah. To, like... It's great. Pull himself up and grab Blinky, and then they fall. And basically, there's mountains. And then... <laughs> basically, there's <yeah>. mountains. <laughs> Well, Jesus Christ. This is the part where Kirby, like, swallowed his own cord or yeah. something. Apparently he's having a seizure? Yeah, they were coming up on a waterfall, and I don't know if it was just the moisture that was in the air or what. But, yeah, he starts, like, almost having a seizure, and, like, he's... he's like, on the fritz. Yeah, he's on the fritz, and he's, like, starting to suck his own cord into his mouth. <laughs> and they had this moment where, was it Lampy that says, Oh, he's trying to suck up his own cord, makes it where you yeah. get it out of his, uh, yeah, his mouth. You don't want him to swallow his cord? Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, he's having this weird thing going on, and then once he recovers, he's like, leave me alone. Yeah. Like, ah, you guys. Um, but they have to figure out how to cross this waterfall they've just come up to. And so they all, like, join cords and try and f- swing across. Yep. And Toaster gets across, but then he's freaked out by the sight of the water. Yeah. Because of his dream, probably. Yep. The bathtub. And you didn't mention the bathtub portion of that. Yeah, I did. No, you just said, like, watery forks, and that was it. No, I said bathtub. You guys, rewind. Okay. And play it for Kevin that I said bathtub. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, Toaster is losing it because of his fear of this water heights, and he slips, and they all fall in, yep. except for Kirby. And Kirby just kind of, <laughs> he just showed him just standing there. I mean, he's pretty bummed out about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, is he committing suicide? He just, like, jumps off the cliff. He's going in after him. Yeah. He was, he's going to go save them all. Um, he goes in, and he finds everyone, and they all regroup. And uh, now they're in the bayou? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> down, down on the bayou with the crawdad manor. <laughs> I want to know what where are they that has this, like, forest and thicket and mountains and waterfall and now a bayou <laughs> with quicksand. It happens. Because they sorry. all get stuck in the quicksand. And I didn't catch this till I was reading reviews of this later, that when Blanky is getting sucked into the quicksand, he basically accepts his fate and is like, it's okay, I'm ready. Ha! I was like, damn. That's right. Yeah. Disney movie. Whew. Not a Disney movie. Um, but is that at, a hashtag? <laughs> at the very last second, as radio is like jibber-jabbering or whatever, someone, like a person, someone hears the radio and is like, oh, radio, I thought I heard that. And then he, like, grabs it the out cord. of the quicksand yeah. and pulls them all out. And apparently this guy is just a hoarder. 
Well, he's not a hoarder. He's a freaking junker. Yeah, he's like a pawn shop. Yeah, like a, like a salvage. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Okay. So, yeah. He takes him back to his pawn shop place. And this is when an overhead store lamp starts talking to them. Yeah. And who was he imitating? Vincent Price, I think. Okay. Yeah. I don't quite. From like super classic horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. Would, yeah. So you would know Vincent Price I, as. I feel like I only. Radigan. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Hmm. We knew that Vincent Price is Radigan. We just did all that research for the last episode and said that how he was very excited to do the role and they pretty much modeled the character around Yeah, but him. I didn't know he was the one that did like the weird, creepy, like yeah. horror movie voice. Because I feel like I've seen seen it parodied like an Animaniacs oh, absolutely. and stuff yeah. or like uh, Tiny Toons. And that's why. But never, like I didn't know that was him. It wasn't him doing the voice. No, 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 oh, no. Okay. No, I'm just saying I didn't know that's who that guy was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, the guy doing the voice is Phil Hartman again. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently he's just doing impersonations in this movie. Which that's is, it's kind, cool. It's kind of his thing. Yeah. Um, did we talk about the fact that, was it Phil Hartman that just got on SNL? No, it was John Lovitz. John Lovitz. And he's the radio. Correct. So John Lovitz, who plays radio, had... <laughs> Not the Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. <laughs> <laughs> In, like, pre-production, he got the call that he made it to SNL. Yeah. And they were like, no, like, please, you have to, like, still be on this movie. Because the director is the one that actually did the singing portions of radio's performance Whereas John Lovitz did everything else. Yeah. And John Lovitz did all his dialogue in one take. In, yeah. Like in, in one, one day. Or one day. Yeah. Yeah. Because even his manager was like, nope, you got to go to SNL. And he's like, well, I got to finish this. Yeah. And so. he, he, he he did it of his own accord. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. That's great. Uh, but yeah. So we're in the pawn shop and the store lamp is being really creepy and kind of telling these uh, appliances what they're in for, I guess. <laughs> And then we can hear on the other side of the door, someone needs a blender motor. And that's when we figure out that this place is fucked up. <laughs> well, you can kind of glean that just from seeing the other appliances because they're all, they're all sorts of messed up or disfigured or like hodgepodge. Yeah. There's like a song about it. Yeah. Um, it is a great song. <laughs> so he comes back and he finds a blender and he like puts it in a vice and then starts taking it apart and he pulls out the blender motor and packages it into a tiny little box. See, but you have to like describe this in the proper context. Go, you there, can take there, over well, dialogue no, I'm, anytime. I'm you just, want. I'm just telling you how it is, baby. Like they, sh- they shoot this in like a horror movie type of fashion. Like it's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Like you don't see any of this stuff going on. There's a ton of shadows at play. And then like when he, when he actually starts taking it apart, like all the, uh, like all he, the appliances are looking on in horror. Well, he puts on like gloves. Yeah. 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 And then he, when he picks up his screwdriver, then it's you like see a stabbing the shadow, motion. the shadow of the screwdriver. Yeah. He's like stabbing him with a And knife. then when he, when he, when he takes the, the motor out and he, he cuts the cord with a, like a pair of scissors and then he puts it into a box and then you see uh, oil dripping down from the vice, which is obviously blood. Like, it's it's, it's, it's great. It's blood, you guys. It's great. It's fucking blood. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so everyone's pretty much mortified at this <laughs> point. Um, and that's when they figure out, like, they got to fucking escape. And that's when the song starts. It has, like, this organ sound to it. <laughs> and there's a reel-to-reel that is supposed to look like a female, I guess. 
And not, uh, not I guess it absolutely is yeah. supposed to. Yeah. When the reels are spinning on her, you're like, oh my god, tassels. Yeah. Because <laughs> it had like little things on it. Yeah. <laughs> um. There's a Joan Rivers lamp. Yeah. Yeah, like a weird hybrid lamp of weird pieces. That's Joan <laughs> a bunch Rivers. of different parts that are all together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then someone comes into the shop and is like, hey, thanks for that blender motor, by the way. Because that was quick. Yeah. Uh, do you, you have... You got a tube for a radio? Yeah, radio tubes. And they're like, fuck, we got to get out of here. So they team up, the five of them, and like make it look like they're like a ghost. Because yeah. like Blanky is like floating on the top of Kirby. And it freaks out the shop owner. And then it's a jailbreak and everybody flees. Yeah. Okay. Then we get our first glimpse because it cuts. We get our first glimpse of the master. And we get to see him in his new place. And he's going to college. And he's got this really fucking hot girlfriend <laughs> who has a really nice car. That's right, she does. And she's kind of smart and funny. <laughs> I was like, damn, master. Um. <laughs> so he's not called the fucking apprentice, babe. All right, he's getting it done. <laughs> the fucking master. <laughs> The master say? of what? You can guess. What did you say while we were watching it? What's You're that? like, he's probably got that good dick. <laughs> I think it's a given. <laughs> anyway, he's telling his mom while his girlfriend is there. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, hey, mom, we're going to run up to the cabin and we're going to go grab some old appliances yep. for my college dorm. And I'm like, yeah, that's the only thing you're going to do there <laughs> with your girlfriend. Grab something else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and as he leaves, we kind of see this um, like computer screen. It's like a sound system. Yeah. I'm not sure what that thing was. Yeah. And a new lamp. And they're both really jealous. Yeah. They're like, fuck, he's going to go get some fucking scrap from the cottage and blah, blah. He's going to leave us here and he's going to take these fuckers to the yeah. goddamn dorm. <laughs> and while this is going on, so he leaves and he's headed back to the cottage. While this is going on, the group of five appliances are just tooling around the city. <laughs> and they stop at a phone booth. <laughs> and then, and then. I'm laughing because this is so antiquated. <laughs> Oh, I know, and and they and they freaking look through a phone book for his name like they're the freaking T one hundred out of Terminator and tear the page out looking for Sarah Connor. So they show up at the apartment that they're in, and the apartment number is A one one three. Maybe you've heard of it, but if you haven't heard of it, Stephanie, what does it's that a thing. mean? It's a thing because I don't know. Okay, I'm going to read like you. I don't care. A quote from Jerry Reese. Um, well, first of all, I should say that if you do know about A113, it's probably that it shows up in every Pixar movie, <laughs> that number. Okay. So this is from Jerry Reese, the director. For over 18 months, I was utterly consumed with making The Brave Little Toaster. I was so busy on the film that I never saw my friends from the Cal Arts days, such as John Lasseter, Brad Bird, John Musker, Harry Sabin, and the rest. That is a name-dropping motherfucker. (laughs) All of whom were off on ventures of their own. So in 1985, as I was writing the toaster script, I got the impulse to give my friends a secret wave hello from the screen. When the toaster gang looks for the master's apartment on McBean Parkway, that's because Cal Arts is located on a street by the same name. I also made the master's apartment door number A113, which was the homeroom of our inaugural Cal Arts class. It's cool, so cool to see how many answering A113 waves have rebounded from film to film over the years. <laughs> so it's basically an inside joke of Cal Arts yeah. students, nerds. <laughs> okay. So now that they're at the apartment, they come in 
And they meet the new appliances. There's like a <laughs> two-faced sewing, two sewing machine <laughs> that talks shit behind their back. That's but when awesome. they're when they come by, it's fine. But mostly, they meet TV, who is the old TV from the cottage, and he's like a black and white like news announcer, yep. and it's, he's cool. I like TV. <laughs> I love TV. So, Master gets to the cottage, and when they open it up, they realize it's a dump, and that it's been trashed, and there's like a mattress on the floor <laughs> from the when the appliances were trying to escape. Um, and he looks around, and all of his stuff is gone, and... Uh, at one point he fixes the air conditioning unit and you can tell the air conditioning unit is very touched by this. <laughs> he is tearing up He's with renewed. condensation. <laughs> condensation or freon. Uh-huh. I don't know. Poison. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever. Um, so back at the apartment, the new appliances are singing a song about new technology, which is Great. So much synthesizer. <laughs> so I looked at you and I was like, holy shit, this is so 80s. Yeah, which makes sense. It was made in the fucking mid-80s. Oh, the 80s had the worst music. No, that's not true. That's so true. That's not true. That's true. Get your fucking metal, boys. <laughs> point. Fuck you. There's my point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, technology is singing about how we want more, more, more. And they throw the toaster... And Blanky. And everybody and else. Lampy. Out the window and into the dumpster outside. Into a dumpster. <laughs> okay. Where old shit belongs. And so a truck from Ernie's disposal comes by to pick up the dumpster and take everything back to the dump. And TV saw this happening. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when Master comes home, that way TV can tell him to go to Ernie's disposal. <laughs> right. We'll get to that not, in a second. Not so subtly. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. At the scrapyard, uh, there's a really depressing song about how... <laughs> Very depressing. Life is just going to end. Yeah. That's just it. Like, all we've these been, cars are We've getting, been used up. All these cars are getting scrapped. We're going to get crushed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's a trash compactor. They're basically singing about how you're worthless. Yeah. All the appliances are like, yep, like, this is it. At least we're going to go out together. And... It kind of cuts, like, between the dumpster scene and the master because the TV is trying to tell him. Because the master is like, I need to f- find a way to pick up some cheap stuff for Yeah, so he's looking all over the place, you know, through the phone book. Or he's asking his girlfriend, like, do you know any places that I could yeah. go to to get, you know, cheap, decent stuff? And TV's like, Ernie's Disposal. <laughs> Ernie's Amazing, Wonderful, Disposal, Emporium. And he's just, like, imploring him to pay attention. And the master is just not having yeah. any of it. And on their way out, then he's like, oh, did you ever hear about this place on the TV? That sounds fun. And so they go there. Um, as the appliances are getting moved around the scrapyard and they're going to die, uh, Mass, Blanky has a photo of Master, which kind of blows away. Mm-hmm. And then Master shows up. We never said that his name was Rob. No. Is it Rob? I feel like we should call him the Master. I'm cool with that. Mm, the Master. I feel like from the perspective of these appliances, yeah. he is Master. <laughs> so, um, he... Master walks in, and they're like, this isn't what we thought this place was going to be. Right. And then he's like, holy shit, here's my photo. Yeah, it's just hanging on the, r- the ground because <laughs> Blanky accidentally drops it. Can you imagine? I'll yeah, just getting, getting a photo of yourself on the ground in a, in a dump. Like, what the fuck? What kind of serial killer is just lurking around here? <laughs> oh, did I ever tell you how in, like, 7th or 8th grade we did a class field trip and we went to, to a, a dump? dump? 
What? Did you do that one? Too? No. No? Yeah. Because they promised us, because we were going to like a wastewater treatment plant in yeah. the dump. Man, they promised us the heights. that there would be a glass bottom boat tour. Yeah. And that it was a dollar. So we all brought these dollars thinking that at the sewage treatment plant, there was going to be a glass bottom boat tour. You guys are some fucking tools. <laughs> I know. But I remember the school bus like pulling up into the dump and you could see all the trash and there was like a Daniel Steele novel. Yes. And our teacher was like, anyone want to run out and get it? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so stupid. (laughs) Uh, So Master sees his photo, which is really fucking weird. And as he's walking around, his girl's like stealing stealing grills off of cars. Yeah, she's like, oh my god, I can't believe they have this. Yeah, this is a lot of money. And I was like, I like you. She's a keeper. You should uh, marry her. Uh, um, and so there's this giant magnet that comes around and like picks up uh, like cars mm-hmm. and metal and like puts it in the scrap bin so it can get crushed. And it ends up collecting all the appliances. And I don't know how they get, there's like, like they get free and then it finds them again yep. and they get free. And eventually, I want to get free. <laughs> eventually the master happens upon them. And as he grabs them, the magnet comes back and it has all of them. Yeah. Including and, the master. And it drops them all onto a conveyor. And apparently the master is stuck under a metal pipe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like he's got something else, something on his legs, but there's just like this, this little metal pipe that's <laughs> over his forearm. And I'm like, dude, you seriously can't just fucking try to move your goddamn arm. Like this thing could not be that heavy. <laughs> So apparently the master has not mastered fucking cardio or arm day. Yeah. <laughs> arm day, bro. So, uh, yeah, as he is about to get crushed by this fucking machine lawsuit, anybody, yeah. um, Toaster, who wasn't part of the group, I don't know, he was like wandering around. Well, because they had split up to yeah, get away yeah, from yeah. the magnet. He was climbing up this pile of cars and he's looking down upon all of this. And he decides to sacrifice himself by jumping into the gears. Into the fucking gears! He jumps into the fucking gears! This is straight up suicide, you guys. Yeah. And he gets pretty dented up. No, he gets fucked up. Like, he is chewed up in the gears. But he's not, like, annihilated. It's a pretty strong toaster. He should be, is what I'm saying. Like, to stop a trash compactor. Uh, Did this remind you of Toy Story 3? Yes! Okay. Absolutely! I if you got that vibe. Like, this is much more hardcore than that. Yeah. (laughs) So then he stops the machine, obviously, because he just committed suicide. Say, they don't make them like they used to, folks. Really that shit ain't happening these days. They really My don't. My toaster ain't saving my ass. No. <laughs> God. If you want to judge a toaster, judge it by whether or not it'll save your yeah, life. Would it, would it kill itself for you? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so. It's probably going to try and kill me in the tub. Cut to That's where. Why I don't take baths. <laughs> Well, it doesn't help that, like, our shower and our tub are two completely separate entities. And that, it's not because we're rich. They're both very tiny. Yeah, and pink. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we cut back to the master's home apartment where he lives with his man. And uh, he's repairing toaster. He's, like, trying to get the dents out. And his girl's like, bro. <laughs> This dude is a magician, because holy shit, this toaster should be done. Well, he fixed the air conditioning unit, so we know he's useful. Yeah, this is is a little bit more than a rehab job, though. This toaster is fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, so they all get packed up, and they're on the way to college, and someone makes a joke that, like, ah, you're all a bunch of joke. Ah, (laughs) and then the film ends. That's it. That's it. Done. Until there's the sequel, and then the... Tri cool or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Um, all right. 
So this was distributed, not in theaters. Yeah. I mean, it was in a theater. Like, it premiered in L.A. in 1987. And then they entered it into some festivals, including Sundance. It was the first and only animated film entered into Sundance until Waking Life in 2001. Did you see Waking Life? No, it's but not- I know exactly what it is. It's a Richard Linklater movie. I feel like I hate it upon principle. <laughs> Just saying. Sorry, Chris. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so again, with Jerry Reese, he did an AMA on Reddit. You can look it up. This is all about Sundance because this is very important. Kevin, take it away. I shall. Uh, we screened Toaster at the Sundance Film Festival. Several judges told me that behind closed doors, it had been considered for the best film that year. But they were afraid that no one would take the festival seriously if they awarded the top prize to a quote-unquote cartoon. But they wanted me to know how much it was secretly admired. I said thanks, I guess. Then the Disney Channel, which had bought the rights for cable, purposely moved the air dates forward so as to kill our theatrical release. Uh, Scurus, an art house film distributor, had stepped forward to release us in theaters. They would play to college and young adult film crowds in the evening shows only. No matinee. They really, quote-unquote, got the film. But the channel insisted on putting it on the air before Scurus could get us in theaters, even though a theatrical release would have made cable and home video more valuable. I met my lawyer at Sundance that year. He had seen the film and asked if I could use any assistance. I said, yes. Our theatrical release is getting, t- uh, is getting touched. <clears throat> he tried to help out, said it was a- as unusual a situation as it seemed. Really weird, but he tried. That's crazy. Yeah. So basically, they wanted a theatrical run, but Disney fucked them over yeah. with the television uh, distribution yeah. on the Disney Channel. Because why would you go to a movie theater to see a movie when you can just watch it at home? Exactly. Yep. Um, they did submit it to festivals, though, to try and get get it out there. So that was really good. Um, yeah. So all of us who made the Brave Little Toaster watched the theatrical release we had been waiting for dissolve. It was as if we were <clears throat> sinking in the swamp with the characters and no Elmo to snatch us out at the last minute. We all hurt for a long time. And then as time went by... There was this magic. We started seeing the characters here and there in kids' drawings on walls, in schools, and in offices. We realized that an audience was beginning to discover our story and connect with our characters. Big smiles all around. And holy cow, what a shock, a wonderful shock, to have college and post-college aged young people approach now with fond memories of the film all these years later. It's a gift from you all that is deep. Tonight is part of that. Thanks to you all. Yeah. He was talking about his... uh AMA, AMA on Reddit. Yep. That's pretty cool. Like, I think it's cool when people go on AMAs and interact with fans. Yeah, for sure. It's really awesome. You should definitely go check it out, though. Like, if you like this movie, go check the AMA on Reddit. It's just, I don't know, seeing his thoughts on the film years later and the industry. He just seems like a cool guy. Yeah. And his website has some really cool stuff, too. (laughs) So, obviously, with it not getting uh, an actual theatrical release, I don't know what the budget was. Or I don't know what the... Yeah, the gross numbers. Yeah, yeah, how much it made. Um, but Ticket I, sales and stuff. I can tell you what some of the critics thought, although it was really hard to find, so I had to go with basically what was on Wiki, which we usually do, but sometimes I'm able to find like, yeah, like kind of Siskel and Eber and yep. those types of people. Couldn't really find some good ones. But here are some from Wiki, the first being Mary Houlihan Skilton of Chicago Sun-Times. She gave it a positive review, but found a problem with the storytellers using characters of Peter Lore, Jack Nicholson, Mae West, Joan Rivers, and others to portray them, uh, saying this is so old, it's been used forever, and should be given a rest. (laughs) 
Well, shit's expensive, gal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who is Mae West? Uh, I don't know. Oh. I've heard the we name, We did not catch know. that yeah. one, then. <laughs> the New York Times said, quote, it is visually, or visually, the movie has a smooth flowing momentum and a lush storybook opulence, end quote. The Washington Post called it, quote, unquote, a kid's film made without condescension. Uh, the Desiree News wrote it, uh, it <clears throat> excuse me. The Desiree News wrote, it is a wonder of the movie industry, a funny, occasionally thrilling animated feature aimed at kids, but with a sophisticated sensibility intended to reach their parents as well. Hmm. What if we get that nowadays? Yeah. <laughs> Projection Booth, Film Freak, Central, Arizona Daily Star, and Internet Review all gave the film their highest rating, describing it as, quote, among the finest animated films Disney never made, Blade Runner for children, <laughs> an overlooked classic and utterly rewatchable fable, and an absolute delight for people of all ages, respectively. And Stephanie is first this week. I kind of don't want to go first. Not too bad. You have to. All right. So, yeah, it's, it's like you said, I, I'm, I know I've seen it before. I know I've seen it before within the past 10 years, not as a child. Although I did watch the Disney Channel a lot, so I'm sure I watched it on there, too. Hmm. Um, I remembered a lot of the scenes, but it was a different take now that I watch it and I'm 32 years old. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which this movie is, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, animation... I mean, you can tell it was made cheaply. Um, the music is very dated. Yeah. So dated. It's not the best musical from an animated movie that I have seen. That being said, it's really funny. Um, it's incredibly unique. There's some really interesting, dark stuff going on in this movie. Um, like, I was thinking about it. Like, we watched it yesterday afternoon. I was thinking about it, like, into the evening, and as I was laying down to sleep, and when I woke up, <laughs> like, I've been thinking about this movie, like, huh, is that what they meant by that? <laughs> oh, man, that really makes you think about life. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I just, I haven't stopped thinking about it until you went and saw Dumbo. Yeah. Um, which you guys should go see. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, I... I don't really know how to put into words how I feel about this movie because I pulled up our rankings just we're not gonna put it in our rankings. Oh really? No. I'll say theoretically, you know, where yeah, would yeah. you Yeah, I, I figure like we would talk about where we would put it. I don't know. Yeah. It's so different. I know. It's so different. And it's like what I don't know. I don't know. Kevin, go. Kevin, talk about this movie. <laughs> put put words into my mouth. <sighs> I can't. I can't do that. But what I can do is tell you that I fucking loved this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. Like, even even from the beginning, like, you know how I am all about aesthetics and just, like, shit that looks picturesque. I am, am conceited enough to think that I have a decent eye for things. <laughs> and that opening shot is phenomenal. Like, it, like it, 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 it goes into that poster that we were talking it about. It felt like, like the beginnings of a horror movie. Yes. Like a cabin in the woods. Yes. Like... Yeah. Very serious. But the the voice acting I thought was very good. You could tell that they they weren't normal voice actors, mm -hmm. I think. Like I thought John Lovitz was excellent as the radio and anything that Phil Hartman was doing is obviously gonna be great. Overall, um I didn't love a lot of the voice acting, and I felt that the biggest problem with this movie was the animation. And I wonder 
like how much should I ding this movie for the animation because of the budget being what it was, and especially when it was made, and the kind of stuff that you have to contend with well, and it's when your resources are that limited. It's a style over substance. Yes, type definitely. Thing too. But I mean, like when uh, when we first see the master, because obviously you're seeing the appliances and things like that, and and they have very distinct looks, and it kind of looks cheap then. But it didn't really hit me how cheap it looked until we saw human beings mm-hmm. in it. When you see the master and you see his girlfriend. It looks like shit out of Tiny Toons. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's it's got that look to it, and I mean, no no, no dogging on Tiny Toons, but it's a television show. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's a television show budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and it and it definitely feels that way. So you know, if I was to compare it against these other movies, I feel like I would have to take that into account. But when you're talking about the budget being what it was, I mean, how hard can you ding something for something like that? Because the story is very good. It's very unique. I didn't really dig the ending very much. I thought it was very anticlimactic. I mean, the the, the toaster sacrificing himself was awesome, mm-hmm. and a lot of the, the the very serious subject matter moments in the movie, and there are, are more than a few. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff here that kids wouldn't necessarily pick up on. That is very very funny, and like you said, it's stuff to think about for adults. So seeing all of it in that from that perspective, like it's a great it's a a great movie. Yeah, I think overall, but. And what you were saying about the music, with it being dated, I don't see dated as being a bad thing all the time. Like, yeah, it's got, like, 80s music. It was made in the fucking 80s. Like, that's that's what this movie is. But I don't think... That they're going to the, be... And the songs were great. No, I don't think so. Really? Like, like they like, had funny but, lyrics, but I don't think, like, they're not classic, like, musical songs that you're going to want to go around and belt out all the time. I don't know. Like, well, I, I I liked the uh, the horror one a lot. There was the one, though, by, the, like, the computers that we were like, holy shit. And that was great, shit, too. This could be a Lonely Island song. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Which they totally should do. Yes. Um, I would say that I... I like this movie and I respect this movie. I don't love it. Okay. It's, I don't know. I don't know if it's a quality thing or if it's the music that's lacking. It's yeah. missing an, an oomph for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say that I love it, but I'm glad that you do. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that you do. Um, if I were to look at my rankings, it would, I don't know, somewhere <laughs> in like, I would say probably somewhere between like 10 and 15. Yeah. Somewhere in that area. Because we have, like, Sleeping Beauty, Reluctant Dragon, Snow White, Robin Hood, So Dear to My Heart. And so maybe, like, after Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. But I feel like it shouldn't go before Snow White because Snow White is... But this yeah. isn't a an importance list. This is what, you know, like, our yeah. our favorites or, like, what we would watch again, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, so probably, like... Because I, I, w- I would probably say that I would put it ahead of Sleeping Beauty. I would yeah. probably put it at number 10. Mm-hmm. So just ahead of Sleeping Beauty and Snow White, but just behind like, you know, Bambi and Peter Pan and Cinderella. Yeah. So probably probably put it in that same Which way. I think is fair. I mean, yeah. and like I said, th- there might be, you know, more things to think about when you're thinking about, you know, the the quality of what they produced given the resources that they had and how how unique it was. Because when you, you know, when you have quote unquote the Disney money behind you, but it's not really behind you when they're kind of acting against you with the theatrical release and things like that. And that's like it's, I, it's stuff to think about. I take this as being impressive because it to me it seems like just a bunch of dudes from college yeah. who are buddies. Like this is like a project from the heart. Like this is 
like a, a, a pas- labor a of passion, love. Yeah. yeah, a passion project. Yeah. And so it's really impressive that they did this without the Disney budget and without the Disney higher ups and people yep. and resources that they had. Yeah, the, the machine, but then me. also the legacy of this, like. We have all of these people who are going to go on and start Pixar, but also, like, you can see Toy Story from this. Oh, absolutely. You can see both the original Toy Story and then from that dumpster scene in Toy, Toy Story, Story 3. 3. Yes. You can see, like, what um, the director talked about with all these dark tones coming into children's yep. movies now. Because, yeah, we go to a Disney movie in theaters but there's stuff in it for adults absolutely so whether whether it's very surface level or like easter egg type of stuff and i'm not talking like shitty shrek quality jokes (laughs) i'm talking like stuff that really makes wash your face (laughs) (laughs) the more i think about that movie the more i hate it i haven't seen it since like 1998 so so we should add it at some point no absolutely so watch it and be like "Eh, this is what michael eisner went on to Uh, do or jeffrey katzenberg make a shitload of money i know yeah um yeah that was i feel like that was a nice little break from disney i think so not that i was burnt out on disney but i wanted something it's very different. different it's very distinct yeah so yes and we're getting that fucking poster <laughs> yeah we need that poster yeah we're buying it we're putting it on our amazon wish list yes. <laughs> Go to our Patreon. <laughs> no, we don't have a Patreon. Yeah, right. We don't need your fucking money. <laughs> but if money. we did. Um, wow. That was 34 movies. That's right. So it's going to throw our list off, though. Why is that? This is the 34th episode. Yeah. And we are going to have. You can put it in like italics or something like that. Put an asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is using roids. <laughs> Performance enhanced. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> that was a fun movie to watch. It's good to have something different every once in a while. Spice it up a bit. Next. Shit's about to get real. Yeah, I mean, like, we're going to have quite the the break from yeah. Disney animated features. Yeah. Because next is Who Framed. I'm so fucking excited. Roger. Because I have it. seen this movie in the last five years. No, we did. Yeah, and I, yeah, you guys, I'm not going to bullshit. I'm very excited. And then our short is called In Dutch, all right. which we know all about. I, I guess. What? With cheapness? Fuck you. No. Oh, okay. We basically live in Dutchville. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking windmills. Meals? Wind, windmills? Mills. Windmills. <laughs> windmills. Tulips. Uh-huh. Tulips. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. What else, babe? What else you want to do? What are we going to do today? I don't know. Get people to subscribe, rate, and review yeah. if they want to. Or follow us. At us. Yeah. At DTB Disney. Tell your friends. Enemies. Enemies. Parents. Mistresses. <laughs> illegitimate children. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Disney is our business. And business is good. Goodbye. <laughs> you sounded like a dying sheep. Bye.